Good morning. Welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. Thanks for being here today. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord? Well, let's stand together and worship him because there is joy in the house of the Lord. Amen. Come on, let's give him praise. Be quiet. 
Come on and give praise to the Lord today, the one who was and is and is to come. And we've come into his presence and he's bringing joy into us. There is joy in the house of the Lord. So we make this declaration that we won't be quiet because Jesus said, if you don't praise me, the rocks will cry out. So I don't know about you today, but I'm not going to give any rock any opportunity to give the Lord praise that needs to come from me. How about you? Can we give the Lord praise again this morning? God, we worship you. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for the privilege of worshiping you. And we thank you for the joy that there is in coming into your house. And so we pray that your Holy Spirit would move among us and teach us today. Challenge us today. Move in us today in the way that you want. And we will obey in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you for singing with us and worshiping with us this morning. Well, welcome uh, again to Christ the Cornerstone. It's great to see you today. Uh, if you are new with us, whether you're in the room or worshiping online, and, and uh, welcome again to our online audience. Uh, thank you for worshiping with us today. But if you're new, if you're here in the room with us, you've never been to CTC before, or maybe you've only been a few times, we invite you to stop by our Connect Central, which is as you leave the room this morning. It's on the left-hand side of the mall. We have a free gift for you, uh, as well as some information, any information that you would like about any of the ministries that we have uh, going on here at uh, CTC. And you can talk to some people at the church about that and find out anything you want to know uh, about our church. If you're new and you're online, there's an I'm new here button that you can click in the upper right-hand corner of the screen, and it will take you to our Connect card. And if you would fill that out and give us that basic information. Uh, so, again, if you're new and you're here in the room, uh, if you would do the same thing with that Connect card. Those of you that are regular attenders, uh, we welcome you also. And uh, as we've been saying for the last few weeks, we want to encourage you, uh, no matter how much of a drudgery it might seem to you, but it really helps uh, the office staff a lot uh, to know whether or not you're here. Uh, because we try to have a conscientious follow-up uh, plan for people who are missing for weeks on end. So if we don't see a card from you, then we assume that you're not here. And that goes for uh, people that are worshiping online with us also. We really want to know uh, that you're here. So if you would communicate that with us through that card, that would really help uh, our staff who take care of that. Uh, you can also communicate uh, prayer needs, praise reports on those cards, and uh, we will be sure to pray over them. All right. Thank you so much for helping us out with that. We're going to take a couple minutes now and catch up on some of the activities that we have going on around our church. Hey everyone, my name is Lynn. Welcome to CTC, and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. We have a lot going on at our campuses, so we wanted to take a few minutes and get you caught up. Now that we are in a new year, we want to make you aware of some important congregational meetings coming up. First, we will have a town hall meeting on Sunday, January 14th at 12.30 p.m. at our Ellesmere campus. This meeting will be to further discuss the elders' proposal to join the Global Methodist Church. Then, on Saturday, February 3rd at 2 p.m. at the Bear Campus, we will meet to vote on that proposal. 
Absentee ballots may be requested by calling the Bear Campus office at 302-836-2862 or emailing Gwen Montague at gmontague at ctcde.church. Absentee ballots must be requested by January 20, 2024. Alpha is a small group study that helps create a space for honest conversation around some of life's biggest questions while promoting a safe and caring environment. Beginning on January 14th at 11 a.m., our Bear Campus will host a weekly Alpha group. This study will meet weekly through March 17th. To learn more about Alpha, you can visit alphausa.org. To sign up, contact Chrissy Carroll at ccarroll at ctcde.church. Thanks for being here today. Our prayer is that you leave feeling encouraged and closer to God than ever. Please let us know if there's anything you need while you're here. You can find more information about all of our ministries by going to ctcde.church. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Have a great week. Welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. Merry Merry Christmas? No, Happy New Year. We did Merry Christmas already, which I hope everybody's was happy, and we're into the new year, which is which is great and wonderful. People, as I've been greeting people today, people have been telling me there's something wrong with me, but I keep looking. I don't see anything wrong with me. So anyway, so I'm glad that you're here. And sometimes we see things in other people's lives that they can't see themselves. And uh, oh well. But we're all here together anyway, and so I'm glad that you're here. So welcome online that you're with us today. I hope you paid attention to those uh, announcements that are going on, uh, the meetings coming up next next week. Uh, but also I want to just ask you to invite somebody to think about joining the Alpha group. It'll go, it'll, we'll, we're still going to have our 11 o'clock worship time, but the Alpha class will meet during that worship time. And uh, so you can come to this service if you want at this time and then join the Alpha group afterwards. And there's a card on your table or you can sign up online if, you're, if you would like to do that. It would be a great time just if you have questions about faith in general. Maybe you believed in Jesus. Maybe you're not sure about Jesus, some of the claims that he has. But Alpha is a great time to just sit down with others and talk honestly about the questions that we have. To look at Scripture, to see see what Scripture says uh, about these claims, and to hear how, how others uh, try to live out or decide what, am I going to trust what Scripture says. So it's a very honest time, and it's a, it's a good, uh, good time for those kinds of conversations, especially if you're new with us. It's a good opportunity for uh, you to get to know others in the church. It's a big church, as Pastor Bill has said. We don't always know who's here on a weekend, so that's why we Need, want, to, want you to fill out those cards so that we can see who's here and we can care for each other in that way. But being part of a small group is an essential part of being part of uh, Christ the Cornerstone Church. So uh, glad that you're here today. We also want to, as we love and we serve and we engage, we work at trusting God for all things. And we want to, we want to encourage each other to do that. Jesus teaches us to give generously. And I say thank you for your generosity to Christ the Cornerstone throughout this, throughout this year and every Sunday. I say this every Sunday because I am genuinely grateful for the contributions that, that you make. 
It's not like going to, a, going to a movie where you just pay for your ticket for this time and then you pay for that ticket. The ch- church is different. We give generously because the ministry that a church has is far-reaching and, and far more impactful than just going to see a movie at a certain time. So I thank you for your generosity. We have some scriptures that encourage us to follow the teachings of, of living and giving together. So I would ask us to read this scripture out loud today. Uh, as a reminder. Let's read this verse from Colossians. It says, And whatever you do or say, do it as a as a of the Lord Jesus. Okay. Giving thanks through him to God the Father. There we go. I think we'll get that figured out. And whatever you do or say, do it as a of the Lord Jesus giving thanks. Okay, I did read that right. We'll, we'll correct that before we get to that one next time. Let's stand together as we continue worshiping God. And uh, let's, we'll continue to worship Him. Let me offer this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank You that You are with us through all things. And we come this morning once again as Pastor Bill has invoked Your Holy Spirit to be with us and through the singing. And we listen to Your Word, God. We need You today need you to speak to us. We've not gathered here in vain. We've not gathered here just because it's tradition. We've not gathered here because somebody else has told us that we have to be here. We've chosen to be in your presence this morning, and we trust that you are with us today. Oh, God, come and change our hearts, change our minds, bring healing to our bodies, bring healing and comfort and peace and contentment to our souls. We ask for all these things because only the name of Jesus, who is our Lord and our Savior. Amen. Amen. It's always the right time to say yes to the Lord. Yes to worshiping Him. Yes to obeying Him. Yes to giving Him praise. So God, we say today to you, yes, I will give you honor and glory. And I count on one thing. The same God that never fails will not fail me now. You won't fail me now in the waiting. The same God who's never late is working all things out. You're working all things out. And yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. The same God that never fails will not fail me now. You won't fail me now in the waiting. The same God who's never late is working all things out. You're working all things out. Oh, and yes, I will lift you high. Yes, I will bless your name. 
declaration today, God. Yes, come on and give him praise. Yes, we will lift you high. How many of you know it's easy when things are going well to give the Lord praise? It's not so easy when we're in the lowest valley, when our hearts are heavy. But the psalmist said in Psalm 34, I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. So today... We can trust in Him above everyone else because He will not leave us. Amen? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. He's been my fourth man in the fire time after time. Born of his spirit, washed in his blood, and what he did for me on Calvary is more than enough. So I trust in God, my Savior, the one who will never fail. He will never fail. I trust in God, my Savior, the one who will never Author of tomorrow is all in my stand. 
won't fail you now. Come on now, sing it with us. I sought the Lord. And I sought the Lord, and He heard, and He answered. I sought the Lord, and He heard, and He answered. I sought the Lord, and He heard, and He answered. That's why I trust Him. That's why I trust Him. I sought the Lord, and He heard. And he answered, I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered, I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered, that's why I trust him, that's why I trust him, I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered, I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered, I sought the Lord, and he heard. And he answered, that's why I trust him, that's why I trust him, I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered, I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered, I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered, that's why I trust him, that's why I trust in God, my
Come on and give praise to the Lord. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We trust in you, God, the one who never fails, never leaves us and never forsakes us. God, we know that we can trust you. Your word tells us that we can trust you. But God, we also know because of all the things that you do in our lives. I know I've used this before in here, but I'm going to say it again. Psalm 103 says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Period. You could stop right there. Because he's worthy of that praise. But it does go on to say, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And I want to encourage you maybe later today to take that out and look at it and see what those benefits are. Those benefits do not come because we jump through hoops for him. Those benefits come because he loves us. Now, with all that list of things that we can read in Psalm 103 that are the benefits of giving praise and honor and glory to the Lord, there are so many things that we don't see that God does in our lives. And at any point in our, in our lives, God may be doing thousands and thousands of things in us. And we're not aware of maybe two or three. So there are all kinds of miracles that are happening in our lives every single day that we know nothing about. And they are because of the providence of God. Amen? They are because of the hand of God moving in your life. Not because we deserve it, but because He's given it to us. Amen? Thank you, Lord. All my life I've been carried by grace. Don't ask me how, cause I can't explain. It's nothing short of a miracle I'm here. Come on, somebody. I've got some blessings that I don't deserve. I've got some scars, but that's how you learn. It's nothing short of a miracle I'm here. I think it over and it doesn't add up. I know it comes from above. I've got miracles on miracles. A million little miracles. Thank you, Lord. Miracles on miracles. Count your miracles. One, two, three, four. I can't even count them all. You held me steady so I wouldn't give up. You opened doors that nobody could shut. I hope I never get over what you've done. Thank you, Lord. I want to live with an open heart. I want to live like I know who you are. I hope I never get over what you've done. It's not coincidence and it's not luck. I know it comes from above. And I've got miracles on miracles. A 
million little miracles. Miracles on miracles. Count your miracles. One, two, three, four. I can't even count them all. Miracles on miracles. A million little miracles. Miracles on miracles, count your miracles, one, two, three, four, I can't even count them all, and I can't even, I can't even count them all, come on, I can't even, I can't even count them all, I can't even, I can't even count them all, one, two, three, four, I can't even count them all. And I can't even, I can't even count them all. I can't even, I can't even count them all. I can't even, I can't even count them all. One, two, three, four, I can't even count them all. And I can't even, I can't even, I can't even count them all. I can't even, I can't even count them all. I can't even, I can't even count them all. One, two, three, four, I can't even count them all. Miracles on miracles, a million little miracles. Oh, miracles on miracles, count your miracles. One, two, three, four, I can't even count them all. The miracles on miracles. Million little miracles. We thank you, Lord, for the miracles on miracles. Count your miracles. One, two, three, four. I can't even count them all. Hallelujah. Yeah, we give you praise, Lord. We give you praise, Lord. Because if we were to try to start a list, there's no way we could come up with all of them. There's no way we could come up with even a small fraction of all the things that you do with for us and in us. And so, Lord, today we pray that as Pastor Roger comes to bring the message, God, that you would speak through him, the words that you have spoken to him, that our hearts would be open to receive that, that you would move in us as you already have been. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. The presence of the Lord is among us. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Thank you again for being here this morning. Miracles on miracles. Can't even count them all. One, two, three, four. I love that song. It's easy to sing. It's catchy. And it's a good song that during the week, something you get a tune in your head. One, two, three, four. I can't even count them all. God, what are you doing in my life today? I give thanks to you, God, for your presence and your mercies. Be grateful for all things. We're in our series called uh, The Winter of Our Contentment, and we're looking at how do we live a life of contentment. And some of us in our, in our culture today, we're wondering, we're not supposed to be content. The world doesn't want us to be content. We don't win football games by being content. We win football games by pushing and working. But here's what I'm saying. Even in all the hard work that we have to do in order to live in this life, we've got to be content with it. Too many of us go to work complaining about the work that we have to do. 
God has given us a skill to do, to provide for us and to provide for others. Thank the Lord for that. And even though you're working, be content in the work that you have to do. Even though you might be sweating, you might be, you, you, you might be faced with doing a task that you have no skill to do, find contentment in that reality through faith in Jesus Christ. He is the one who helps us. We've been just thinking about that. You're the one who's here, Jesus. You're the one through you give us contentment even when the task is difficult, even when the news is bad. We can still have contentment through faith in Jesus Christ. He loves us and He's with us. Here's some of the things. Let's kind of do a summary of the things that we've talked about contentment throughout this series. The first week we talked about an extremely simple definition of contentment as being the absence of strife. But I've just described striving through life. But even in the the physical work we do or the intellectual work that we do or the, the, the worrying that we do, we can set that aside so that we can still be content even though we're facing extremely difficult experiences. So contentment is the absence of strife. Or it might be a sense of peace in the midst of hard working. We'll put it that way. Contentment. We, we find contentment and, and, it, and it calls us to let go of those things that we have no control over. Let it go. Let God deal with it because God is so much greater than you or me. Contentment. Find contentment through cultivating an attitude of gratitude every day of your life. Instead of waking up in the morning and saying, oh, this hurts. Oh, i got to face this today. Oh, I don't feel good. Say, thank you, Jesus, for opening my eyes this morning. Thank you, Jesus, for being present with me today. Thank you, Jesus, for the tasks that I have. Thank you, Jesus, for promising to be with me as I face those tasks. Thank you, Lord, for my spouse sleeping quietly right beside me snoring right beside me, <laughs> who woke me up so that I'm awake. No, I don't know. Anyway, cultivate gratitude. Work at it. Contentment requires us also to live in the present moment. We don't live in the past. We don't say, oh, I wish things were as they used to be. And we don't live in the present. Oh, I wish things were. We're here right now because this is where God is with us. When we get to the future, we'll be in the future. When we were in the past, we were in the past. But we're living right here, right now. And Jesus is living with us. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. We talked about making room for others. Uh, contentment by forgiving others and making room for others' mistakes. The faults. Scripture says, make room for the faults of one another because God has made room for you and your faults and forgive one another. And today we talk about this idea of contentment requires us to face reality. I want us to read a scripture together, just one verse of scripture today on the screen. We're going to see Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. And I want us to read this out loud together. Let's read this. We're going to go very slow so that we can emphasize almost every word. Let's read this together. God, 
blesses those who are poor and realize their need for Him. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Who does God bless? Those who are poor and realize their need for Him. Now, this word realize, we might, we might think about it as an intellectual thing. Okay, I know I need God. But I want to I I make it a more literal, take a little bit more literal interpretation of this word realize. And, to, and, and let me put this phrase in there instead. To make real my need for God. Is your need for God a reality in your life? Not just an intellectual assent that says, oh, I know I need God. No, 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 no. In what ways in your life right now do you need God to help? Are you facing anything that you can't handle, that you can't do, except that God is with you? And, and when you make that uh, acknowledgement of your real life right now, you're facing the reality. You're facing your need of God. I want to read some other translations. Some other translations of this verse said, Blessed are those who are spiritually needy. The kingdom of heaven belongs to them. Another translation puts it this way. Happy are those who are hopeless. Because the kingdom of heaven is theirs. See the present tense of these words? Happy are those, blessed are those in our present reality. Your reality is that with Jesus Christ, you are blessed. It's, it's, it becomes real. It faces reality here, now, today. Happy are those who face the reality that they have no hope except that Jesus comes to their lives. Another translation says, God blesses those people who depend only on Him. They belong to the kingdom of heaven. They belong presently. It's real. It's now. We're facing reality through Jesus Christ. I belong to the kingdom of God. Beautiful. Another translation says, Great blessings belong to those who know they are spiritually in need. God's kingdom belongs to them. And Eugene Peterson, who, who wrote the paraphrase of the Bible that, that we know as the message, puts it this way. He says, You are blessed when you are at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and his rule. None of us like to be at the end of our rope. <laughs> I don't. But that's where we need to be. But what I like to do in my life, if I'm hanging onto this rope, I'm kind of looking down and I see, okay, so a, I, got, I got three feet of rope beneath me. That's kind of good. But I'm getting tired. And I don't want to call out to God before I get to the end of my rope. I want to call out to God, Lord, help me be strong now. God, send a wind to help lift me up this rope or push me along. God, send somebody to be at the other end of the rope. And I'm calling out to God because I realize my need for God becomes real in my life. Because I'm looking down and I'm seeing the end of my, my rope. My money's running out. 
My strength is running out. My knowledge, whatever I have to face, is beyond my knowledge. I don't know how to do this, God. And we cry out to God, Lord, send me help. As Pastor Bill said, we sang. I can't remember the words we just sang. Isn't that horrible? I hate that when that happens. (laughs) I sought the Lord, and He heard, and He answered. I sought the Lord. And he heard, and he answered. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. What a great testimony that is. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. Contentment comes when we face the reality of our lives and realize that we need God. We get peace through facing reality, which leads us to cry out to Jesus. Oh, Lord, help me. Too many times we deny our reality. We deny that anything is wrong. We deny that we need help. We, we, we believe in our own strength. We believe in our own resources. We, we, we trust something else other than God. And we deny that we even need God. I, we, I don't need God. I know I do wrong things. I know I'm a sinner, but I'm not a sinner like that guy, so I don't need God. What a lie that is. You can't compare yourselves to any, uh, anybody else because God doesn't compare you to anybody else. God looks at you for you, for the way you live your life. You can't say, but God, well, at least I'm not as bad as that guy. Doesn't matter. He said, I can live my life fine without God. Well, that's not going to last. That's a short rope. Walter Wangren is a great storyteller, and and this is not a story, but it's a great sentence that he wrote. He says, my denial of my sin, get this, denial of my sin protects, preserves, and perpetuates that ugliness. It perpetuates that sin. He says, ugliness in me while I live in illusions can only grow uglier. Denial in our lives. Denying that that I need God. Denying that there's something wrong. Denying that there's a monkey on my back doesn't move the monkey any place. And, and, and I had fun with the kids this morning. You got a monkey on your back. I said, I do. Where is it? I don't see it. And how many times in our lives do we have something that somebody has said, you know what? Your life can be better. You weren't created to have that monkey on your back. And we won't even recognize, we won't even face the reality that we're living a life that we were not created to live. But, even this morning when some of you adults came, you saw the monkey on my back and you smiled and I went to hug you. And you didn't know where to put your head because you didn't want your face going into that thing. And I didn't care. Because I was ignorant. I was denying that there's a problem. But my problem affected you. 
And if I keep denying that, you, you don't want to hug this thing. You wouldn't want to hug me every day. You'd, next week, you come, Pastor Roger, why you still got that monkey on your back? What monkey? Next week, Pastor Roger, why you still got that monkey on your back? What monkey? Quit calling me. Quit telling me I got a monkey on my back. I don't have a monkey on my back. What's wrong with you? And you're eventually going to stop coming to me. Because you see what I can't see. You see what I won't see. There's something in my life that's just not supposed to be there. And I, it's not there. In order to find the contentment and the life that Christ has for us, we've got to face the reality. Jesus is with us while we face that reality. I don't need to be afraid of that monkey on my back. Jesus will help me deal with that monkey on the back, but not if I can't even recognize that I need help. Blessed are those who realize their need for God because theirs is the kingdom of God. Is this a biblical idea or is this just a nice psychological idea that we've created in our life today. I want to look at, uh, let's look at another passage of Scripture. We're going to, it's not going to be on the screen, and I want some of the kids. You know, it's still, it's still a little bit Christmas time. We're just at the very end of the 12 days of Christmas. And, and I remember, you know, what a great thing that is. And I wish that my parents would, you know, there, there's some, the, 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 the Orthodox Church celebrates Christmas on January 6th, yesterday. Wouldn't it be fun if every day we woke up for the 12 days of Christmas, we got a present every day? That's a good idea. Let's just drag this thing out. And on on the 24th, we celebrate Christmas. We open one present on the 24th. Then we open another present on the 25th and the 26th. and And we sit down for a feast again. And we don't have school. We're just being family together. Or we're doing, we're with our friends. Or we're doing what? For 12 days, we're just rejoicing in Jesus. And we're celebrating that by sharing things with others and celebrating one. Wouldn't that be fun? Let's try that next year. Let's have a feast of 12 days for Christmas next year. If you want to plan that, come talk to me and I'll let you plan it. Because <laughs> it sounds like a lot of work to me. <laughs> there. See, I just complained. Lord Jesus, thank you. Anyway, one of the... One of the Often use scriptures uh, after Christmas is the story of the three wise men. Because, I hope you realize this, the wise men did not show up when Jesus was born. The wise men saw the star in the sky. Let's see, we have three wise men to come up this morning. I got some crowns. We need some wise men. Anybody want to be a wise man? Kids, we put a crown. And I think, come on, Josh. Somebody else, and I and, and I want can can you bring Nolan or Jack? We need Jack and Nolan to come up. Here's a crown. You're one of the, you're one of the kings. Comes. Nobody's coming. Come on, Catherine. Nolan. Nolan's gonna. No, I'm going. I'm not going up there. We'll see if Jack comes up. So we know the story. Where's your brother? <laughs> Hey, Nolan. Want one of these? He's like, oh, Dad. Dad, don't make me do this. Don't make me do it. Don't make him do it. 
You want to put a crown on? <laughs> I asked Jack and Nolan to come up for a re- Hey, Jack. Nope, they're just not going to cooperate today. But everybody's got the same green on. I don't. I mean, you're, you're, you're like brothers. They're, not, they're just not going to do it. I asked Nolan. So when the when the wise men came to Jesus, Jesus was Nolan's age. Did you realize that? Nolan's almost two, getting close to be two years old. And the wise men came, and they first came, and they came to King Herod. Here, I'll be King Herod. And the wise men said, Where's the child born to, that's going to become king? And they said, Well, the, the prophets say that he is to be born in Bethlehem. And so King Herod said to the wise men, All right, when you, you go look, go to Bethlehem, look for the baby Jesus, and then come back and tell me where he is. So the wise men went. They went and found Jesus. Let's go find Jesus. Ah, there he is. Right? And they gave him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. But Jesus, by that time, was up to two years old. The wise men faced reality. Something in the wise men, I'm going to say it's God, said to them, don't go back to Herod. And so they faced their own reality. They had a sense, or they had knowledge, or they had something, and they acted on their reality. Let's not go back. Let's just go back to our homeland by a different road, and we'll let Herod take care of Herod. Herod felt tricked. Herod said, I've got to find that baby. I know that he was born between now and two years ago, which means he's up to two years old. So if the wise men didn't tell me where the baby is, I'm going to have to find him. And I don't want him to be king, so I'm going to kill them all. Woof! That's the sad part of the story. And I brought Nolan up here, and, and Jack's back there, and we're realizing the trauma that this is, the reality that this is in life. And if and, and thanks, you guys can go sit down. You did a good job, Dad. Thanks, Nolan, for coming up. You want to keep that? Give one to your brother. <laughs> And they faced the reality. Let's think about this. How, how the, the wise men faced the reality. They followed what God was leading them to do. Joseph faced his reality. An angel came to Joseph and said, you need to get your family out of here. <laughs> and Joseph didn't say, ah, we'll just wait and see what happens. I don't believe you, angel. Joseph faced the reality of this divine being coming and being present with him, and he acted accordingly. God sends the Savior to us. When God sends the Savior to us, we need to face that reality and say, Jesus, come into my life. I need you. And I don't know how God does it. I don't know how God changes our lives. I just know that God does. I sought the Lord. And he heard, and he answered. Jesus faced a reality too. Jesus faced your reality of sin in your life. And here's the reality. God has designed humanity to live life in fellowship with God. 
And every one of us has turned our back on God. We have said, as I said earlier, I don't need God. I can do this fine myself. I'm confused by God. I'm confused by the Scripture. It doesn't make sense to me, and I don't understand it, so I'm not going to trust it. Or, I've been to church. Those people are a bunch of hypocrites. No kidding. (laughs) Yes, we are. But those of us who stay in church are facing the reality of our own hypocrisy. And we know that we need Jesus. That's why we're here. We're not here because we're perfect. We're here because we need Jesus in our lives. And I'm here every week, not because I get paid to be here every week. I'm here every week because I need Jesus. And I'm following what Jesus has called me to do because that's the purpose that he has for my life. So when Jesus comes to us, whether it's through an angel, whether it's through the Scripture, whether it's through the voice of a preacher, whether it's through the voice of a friend saying to us, do you realize your need for Jesus? That's the moment that you have to decide, what will I do with Jesus? Because He's presenting Himself really in my life right now. Will I accept Him? Will I listen to Him? Will I trust Him? Will I act according to what He's telling me? Or will I deny Him and ignore Him? i got this monkey on my back saying, you don't need Jesus. You're just fine the way you are. But Scripture's telling me, yeah, you do. And I never meant for you to live with that monkey on your back. I'm willing to say, yes, Jesus, I trust you. I believe you. Get rid of that monkey and follow Jesus. Now, it may not make sense, but trust him. Confess your sin. Say, God, I know, I know. And I don't know, God, how I'm going to live a different life. But I do know this. I need you. And I will listen to you. I will learn about you. I will learn from you. I will talk with you. Just as you hear me as I cry out to you. I don't know how God does it. I know God does. And I invite you to just open yourself to the reality of Jesus in the face of of every other reality that you experience this morning. We come to take communion, which is the sign of Jesus having given himself for you. So that you can live in that freedom, the freedom from that whatever that monkey is on your back, to open us that pathway to, to live a life fulfilled in Jesus Christ, a life of contentment. Is it going to be easy? Nope. Does Jesus promise it to be pain-free? No. (laughs) In fact, he says the opposite. Follow me, and you'll experience some tough times. But you can do it with contentment and the peace that passes understanding. I invite you to come and celebrate that as we receive the sacrament this morning. 
this is a, this is of all of all experiences in church. This is the moment of facing reality. It's the reality that Jesus gave His life for you. It's the reality that Jesus is here, present with us. He says, "Do this in remembrance of me." And what that what that word "remember" means is that we take a, an event that happened in past and we make it a present reality right now. In the Catholic Church, if you if you watch the Mass, watch the priest, and, he, and at one point he rings the bells. The priest rings the bells. That's the moment that they, the, the, the Catholic Church believes. This becomes the body of Christ, present and real to us right now. And even though we as Protestants don't, don't, don't fully grab hold of that idea of transubstantiation is the doctrine that that's called, we do believe that in this moment there is a, there is a divine experience of God somehow, somewhere in our lives. This is real. Jesus is real in our lives as we participate in this. And so you have a real opportunity <laughs> to encounter Jesus this morning. And I simply invite you to talk to Jesus and to let Jesus speak words of comfort and forgiveness and peace to you. I'm going to invite those who have agreed to serve this morning uh, to, to, to come now. And, and one of our servers this morning is going to be a young person. And, and uh, we are, the, 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 the students in that class have, have learned, they've prepared uh, they've learned about communion, and so that's why I've asked Colin this morning if he would be part of the team who serves others this morning. And and so, you know, throughout every time we have communion, there's going to be one or two or maybe three or four young people as who are going to serve. And it's okay. You know, some people say, well, why are the young people up there? They're too young to serve communion. I say, no, they're not. <laughs> and so uh, we're going to prepare to serve communion to you this morning. Pastor Vaughn, here's the stuff. You can just kind of pass that around. Here you go, Jonathan. There's some more down there. You can grab that. We're going to have four stations this morning. There will be uh, a station at the end of, uh, at the front of the stairs on the sides and uh, stations at the side of the table. You can either come down the center aisle or down one of the side aisles to the stations. Somebody's going to hand you a piece of the bread. And you can take that bread and you can dip just a corner of your bread into the juice and then, and then you may eat it. If you prefer not to have uh, the, the, the bread that way or to take from intinction, we have prepackaged cups that have a wafer underneath the cellophane and uh, the juice underneath the foil. There's, uh, in the small basket is gluten-free uh, cups uh, and wafers and in the larger uh, tray are um, regular wheat bread and juice. So I invite you to come. Let's pray together. In a moment, I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask us to, well, let's stand together and let's proclaim our faith and, and the reality of what we believe about Jesus. And let's say together the Apostles' Creed, and then we'll have a moment of prayer. Uh, and I'll invite us to say the Lord's Prayer together. But let's begin with the Apostles' Creed this morning. This is our beliefs. So let's make it our beliefs. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, made creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, 
was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Universal Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for giving yourself to us through Jesus Christ, who on that night when he was betrayed, he took the bread, he gave thanks to you, he broke the bread, he gave it to his disciples, and he said, take, eat, this is my body given for you. Whenever you eat this, do so in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks and he gave it to his disciples and he said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink this, remember me. And so today, Jesus, we remember what you are doing in our lives. And we ask your Holy Spirit that in this moment to become a reality to us that we experience the real presence of Jesus in our midst today. Help us, Jesus, to be honest and to face our own realities and bring them to confront the reality of life that you bring to us. Change our lives, Jesus, as we give ourselves to you. Let us pray this prayer together that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today your daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom and the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Give me a moment to distribute the bread and the juice, and then I'll invite you to come forward. I invite you after you to come and receive communion if you choose. If you desire to to, uh, kneel at the platform, you certainly may do so. I worship you, 
God, we thank you that that's who you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. But most of all, we thank you that you are our God. And that you never intended us to walk around carrying these burdens that we carry in our lives. And so, God, today as we go, Lord, maybe we came to the altar today or maybe we want to come to the altar today before we leave and leave that baggage here. And don't take it with us. Help us to trust in you because you are trustworthy. We thank you, God. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. If you still want to come and pray, the altar is still open. There are folks at the prayer stations. Folks can meet with you online uh, to pray for several more minutes. Come and lay that baggage down and don't leave with it. God bless you. Have a great week.